So if you'll turn to the back of your uh, hymnal, uh, we are on to question 35 in the catechism. What is sanctification? And so if you want to turn to that section, if someone could call out the page number, that would be helpful. I didn't... 872. Last week we looked at justification, and tonight we look at sanctification. There's many great questions and answers. This is one of those great summaries. Uh, if you're ever, it's good to have memorized as 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 even as adults, um, uh, because sanctification is one of those doctrines that can be easy to get wrong. Or this is a great summary for us. Uh, so, would you uh, say the answer after I ask the question? What is sanctification? Sanctification is the work of God's free grace whereby we are renewed in the whole man after the image of God and are enabled more and more to die unto sin and to live unto righteousness. And then our key verse for tonight is 1 Thessalonians 5.23. I think I put it on your note sheet there. Uh, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So sanctification is our topic. Um, I heard someone say once, um, I think it was at a youth conference or something, uh, a youth ministry conference, but it stuck in my head. He said, I used to think that I wasn't selfish, and then I got married. (laughs) And then I realized that I was pretty selfish. And then my wife and I thought that we weren't very selfish until what? <laughs> you have kids. And then we realized, wow, we could have gone to a movie just at any time that we wanted. You know, uh, so not only is the freedom different, but just that awareness of selfishness. Um, there are, marriage and kids aren't the only way that this happens, but there are those uh, one-time events that transform something in our life uh, that then over time... Um, Uh, there's a progression that happens. For instance, you have your wedding day, and uh, hopefully you know what date that is on the calendar. Uh, And that was a one-time event, right? Uh, You're never more or less married than that day when you're pronounced married. And yet, hopefully, year after year when you get to your anniversary, you look back and say, oh, wow, five years ago I was pretty selfish, and I've grown uh, by God's grace. Having kids is similar. Uh, You know, the moment... Uh, they say that uh, in, in some ways uh, women become moms the moment they find out they're pregnant and guys become dads the moment they see their baby. <laughs> uh, there's something sort of real about that. But either way, the moment you become a father or mother, you're never not a father and mother. And yet over time, by God's grace, you're being changed more and more. This is kind of the dynamic that I want us to think about uh, when we think of justification as that once for all being declared righteous by God through Christ, according to his free grace, as we saw in question 33. And uh, adoption, too, we've, we've seen as a once-for-all act. We are adopted into God's family. There's, there's not a moment where we're more adopted or less adopted. Um, these are status-changing, once-and-for-all uh, uh, works of God. However, once saved, God uh, sort of gets to work, as they say. Um, Sanctification is that ongoing work of God, as we see in our catechism question. And so as we look at just these brief points uh, that we'll look at today, uh, four brief points, as we go along, I sort of want to quickly compare and contrast 
sanctification and justification. Um, because I think when we mix those up, that's when we get into trouble. Um, and sometimes even well-meaning people get things wrong as they mix them up. So let's start with point number one. Sanctification is the ongoing work of God, is the ongoing work of God. In some ways, everything up till now in the catechism is just drilling into our brains that it's, that it's a once-for-all action of God. And so it's good for us to transition now and say sanctification is this ongoing uh, process um, uh, that God enacts in our lives. And year by year, uh, even day by day, we see progress by God's grace. Uh, so that whenever Christ calls us home, uh, we would uh, long to see progress in the Christian life, although not perfected in this life. Um, and so sanctification is this ongoing uh, process. Uh, larger Catechism 77 is really helpful uh, because it actually says what's, what's the difference between justification and sanctification. Um, and, and you can see the answer there. Although sanctification be inseparably joined with justification, yet they differ in that God in justification uh, imputes the righteousness of Christ, in sancti- and that's the being declared righteous. In sanctification, his spirit infuses grace and enables uh, to the exercise thereof. In the former uh, justification, sin is pardoned. In the other, it is subdued. That's a great uh, line. Uh, the, the one doth equally, uh, oh man, the language. The one doth equally free all believers from the revenging wrath of God, and that perfectly in this life, that they never fall into condemnation. The other is neither equal in all, nor in this life perfect in any, but growing up to perfection. Um, as we dig into that, it, it justification means this once for all, uh, experienced in one sense by every believer in the same way. We are declared righteous. We have a new status. Sanctification being, being the ongoing uh, work uh, of God. Uh, in our lives. Um, uh, We saw that in our key verse, right? Uh, Even that benediction, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Uh, Think of all the implications in that. As Paul blesses the people in this way, he's praying and blessing and saying, may God continue to sanctify you with the end goal that you would be sanctified completely. He sort of has no mind that maybe one person there in the church doesn't need this benediction. Uh, You know, they're good, uh, but everyone else needs progress. No, may the God of peace sanctify you completely and and keep you blameless for the coming of our Lord uh, Jesus Christ. It's it's an ongoing process. In the same way that Jesus says when when, when he's asked, how do we pray? He says, pray like this, and it includes forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, there's, there's going to be dying to sin throughout our Christian life. So it's an ongoing work of God. Number two, sanctification means being renewed in every part. Uh, renewed is, is the fill-in uh, there. And again, if, if we compare and contrast, in justification we are declared righteous. In sanctification we are being renewed in this uh, ongoing process. Now, it's good to note, and John Murray and others do note, that there is a once-for-all sense of sanctification, because uh, that word sanctification comes from, in, in English and in Greek, uh, holy, being made holy, being set apart. Um, and of course, we think of, you know, First Peter, you're a holy nation, a royal priesthood. Uh, or First Corinthians 6.11, uh, 
Uh, and such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. So there is a sense that when we're justified, we're also made holy in a once-for-all sense. We're a holy people. Uh, but now we're being made holy uh, more and more. And it says that we're renewed in every part. Um, renewed in every part. This is, of course, drawing from earlier uh, catechism language and, and, and other scriptural language. We, al- we also see it in that First Thessalonians passage. Uh, may, be, may he sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless for the Lord Jesus. If you remember earlier in the catechism, we were uh, made male and female in God's own image, in knowledge, righteousness, and holiness. Uh, but we fell from that estate into an estate of sin and misery. And we talked about the idea of total depravity, that being born in Adam, we are sinful in all of our parts. We're, not every human being is as sinful as they possibly could be, but our mind, our heart, our will, all of it was affected by sin. And so that's what the catechism is getting at here, is that sanctification then is being renewed in the whole man. Um, it's not just renewing the mind, it is. It's not just renewing the heart. It's, it's our whole uh, self, right? Uh, if we are totally depraved without Christ, uh, it wouldn't do just to clean up one room in the house, right? If, if there's mold in all the walls of the house, uh, if you go in and, and say, okay, you know, we're just going to clean out the laundry room really well, but we're going to do it really well, <laughs> and then we'll be okay, um, that wouldn't work, right? Uh, we're being renewed in the whole man. And praise God, one day we'll be renewed perfectly, uh, made perfect in righteousness. What are, we, what are we being renewed into? Number three, sanctification means being renewed in the image of, of God, uh, in the image of God. Again, the image of God being something that we never lost. We are made in God's image. It is marred by the fall. Uh, but even unbelievers uh, still have worth and value as those who are created in the image of God. And yet now in sanctification, we're, in one sense, we're being made more and more to be what we were made to be originally, uh, what was lost in the fall. And th- this really, uh, Scripture often uses the language like Romans 8.29 of being renewed in the image of Christ then as, as the second Adam. Uh, For those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son in order that he might be the firstborn among many uh, brothers. Right, that, that wonderful golden chain in Romans 8 in, in some ways has its terminus, its end. He, he did all of this so that we would be conformed to the image of his Son. Ephesians is, um, uh, well, I have a different Ephesians in mind. Earlier in Ephesians, uh, it, it, it talks about even his predestining us, in one sense, to be set apart as holy. Um, and, and then he says to walk in good works, which he predestined for us before the ages began. Uh, so our being made holy is, is, is part of plan A of salvation. If we compare this with uh, justification, in, in justification and adoption, we are granted sonship once and for all, right? Made a son and daughter of the living God. In sanctification, we are being made more and more like Christ. Um, similar to, like we said, when you're married, you, you are married, but then you become more and more of a good spouse, hopefully, <laughs> prayerfully. Uh, ask your spouse <laughs> if, if you're unsure um, and we help each other in that. So, number four, sanctification 
That means being enabled to die to sin and live unto righteousness. Uh, To die to sin and live to righteousness. And again, if we compared with justification, uh, in both of these realities we live under, in justification we are dead to sin once and for all. In sanctification we are dying to sin more and more. Galatians 2.20 sort of puts these together, as it were. I have been crucified with Christ. Does that sound like an ongoing process? No, I, when Christ was crucified, I am dead to sin. I was crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Or first. Peter 2.24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. And so throughout scripture, you'll, you'll sort of see both realities. This once for all dead to sin, that's a status change. Sin is no longer my master. Um, as we like to say, there's still remaining sin in our life, but there's not reigning sin. Uh, sin is not the taskmaster. Uh, I don't go to Satan or my flesh and say, tell me what to do. But before Christ, that's exactly what we did. So there's a once-for-all break from sin. Um, That's the status change in justification, adoption. Uh, But then sanctification is that dying to sin more and more. Uh, Don't you love the good news of that language, dying to sin more and more? And we we sang wanting to love Christ more uh, and more. And, and, and the Christian life, uh, certainly, uh, as Christ works in us and by the Spirit, uh, more and more. Uh, larger Catechism 78, um, and in some ways I just also just want to show you how the larger catechism can really dive in, you know, uh, look at the trees from the forest, as it were. But um, question 78 sort of wrestles with why is it that... Uh, sanctification is not the same in all believers or that everyone seems to be making the same rate of progress or I'm putting words in their mouth, but I think that's, those are the questions they're uh, wrestling with. Here's the answer they give. Uh, the imperfection of sanctification in believers arises from the remnants of sin abiding in every part of them. Remember we said from total depravity and the perpetual lustings of the flesh against the spirit whereby they are often foiled with temptations and fall into many sins, are hindered in all their spiritual services, and their best works are imperfect and defiled in the sight of God. Uh, This is the remaining sin that we still deal with as believers, that by God's grace, over time, more and more, we are seeing it put to death. Uh, But all of us have hit those seasons where we we, we feel as if we're, we're, we're taking up the shield of faith, we're fighting tooth and nail, and, and that sin seems to be crouching at the door. Um, and, and it's good that we would remind ourselves of a few things, especially when sin in our life can seem uh, so powerful, to remember it's not our master anymore if we belong to Christ. Uh, another helpful way that we think of this is, is the penalty, uh, the power, and the presence of sin. Uh, have you heard this before, these three Ps? Some pastor somewhere must have made it up. Um, but, but the penalty of sin, right, the guilt of sin, the, uh, the, uh, the wages of sin is death. That's what we're talking about here. Um, that's done away with in justification. For the believer, there's no penalty, no wrath of God uh, for sin. It's been paid by Christ. 
And then the power of sin here is what we were just saying, the, the reigning power of sin, the, the sin is my master kind of power is gone, done away with for the believer. The, sin is no longer our master. And yet this side of heaven, the presence of sin is not yet done away with fully, but in sanctification is being done away with more and more. And praise God, one day when we stand before Christ made perfect in righteousness, sin will not even have a presence at all. Uh, the evil one will be cast uh, into the lake of fire at the end of time, and, and, and our, our, any remaining sin will be purged. And praise God for that. As we think about the application then, um, uh, I, I want to both uh, exhort you and encourage you, hopefully at the same time, um, In some ways, I think in different areas of our Christian life, we need someone to light a fire and say, hey, Christian, strive to fight sin in your life. Um, When we mixed up justification and sanctification, sometimes we actually hide and we say, well, my sin's been forgiven. It's done away with. I'm I'm dead to sin. Uh, But we're not actually putting in the work of this ongoing work of the Spirit in our life of sanctification which takes conversations and prayer and, and Bible reading and, and listing out those sins and confessing those sins. And it, it, it's, it's a striving. It's not a striving to earn God's love. So in certain areas, Christian, you might need to hear that uh, today. And Philippians two twelve through 13, Paul does the same thing. He says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only in my presence but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Uh, you could see the exhortation and encouragement all mixed together. Uh, this is God who is doing this work. And so in certain areas, you might go home and, and think, okay, I, I really do need to take that sin seriously. I've sort of let it just have a space over here. Um, and I've maybe even hid behind some good theology in one sense, but I'm, I'm not striving against this sin. Um, there are exhortations in Scripture to die to sin, uh, and that is a, an ongoing process through the Spirit. But Christian, you might also need to be assured today uh, that you will die to sin. If you belong to Jesus, uh, we sometimes tarry in our flesh, we sometimes delay, um, but God is our Father, and a good Father disciplines his children. Sometimes he even brings us through difficulties so that we would see those things. One way or another, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion uh, at the day of Christ and, 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 and so much in this life. Uh, that's why that our, our theme verse, First Thessalonians 5.24, you know, it starts with that uh, blessing. Uh, May God sanctify you completely and keep you blameless for the day of the Lord Jesus. But the next verse is, is so wonderful. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Uh, is how Paul uh, leaves them. Now, as we think about the Christian life, and and I want to end on this note. You could see that quote uh, down at the bottom. Um, In the Christian life, we do, as believers, um, there are seasons of life where where it seems that we're putting sin to death and we're so encouraged. There's other seasons where we're fighting tooth and nail. Uh, There are some believers, you might look around on Sunday and just feel like, Am I the only Christian who's not making progress in the Christian life at certain seasons of life? Uh, James K. Smith, um, uh, he writes a lot about worship and our heart. um, But here, I I think his analogy is really helpful, and and I want to end with this. 
Uh, what if the first 18 years of your life uh, were an Arctic winter? What if all the sunlight in your life comes late at an oblique angle? What if the sun cyclically disappears from a life for nights that seem like they'll never end? To grow just one membrane layer under such conditions is a feat. To add another ring, to endure, is an achievement. Some years are longer than others. Don't compare your, st- your sturdy temperature trees to your neighbor's Arctic forest. Do you see where he's going with this? As we compare the Christian life of one another, uh, if, if you're in more of a tundra, it's a tough time. Don't compare that to the tropical. Uh, you can't imagine how much implacable energy it took to grow those saplings. You might not even be able to fathom uh, what they have endured. Uh, you don't know how ancient that forest is, how much time it has spent enveloped in darkness. Even more importantly, don't compare the trees of your tundra existence to someone else's equatorial rainforest. God doesn't. They live in different conditions. The sun shines upon the just and the unjust, but not at the same angle or with the same intensity. The birch saplings that have uh, punched through the crust of your prior life are miracles of grace. Remember when you thought nothing could ever grow there. Uh, They've never lived your winter. They don't know how long your night has been. By the grace of God, you've endured the dark. Certain lives have been more difficult than others, and certain seasons, I think, for every Christian. There are certain seasons that feel more like an Arctic winter, and even there, the Spirit is bringing growth, hard-won growth. Um, and, 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 and so hopefully that's an encouragement to us. He who calls you is faithful. He uh, will surely uh, do it. Uh, let me pray for us to that end. God, I thank you for uh, the grace, uh, the ongoing grace of sanctification in our lives. Uh, I do pray uh, that you would uh, be sanctifying me and us and this church, making us more and more conformed to the image of Christ uh, so that you would be glorified. Uh, Lord, for those in a very tough season, uh, perhaps a feeling like an Arctic winter, I pray that your grace, as we know it is, would be very sufficient for them. Uh, that They would see growth and miracles of grace as your sanctification works. Uh, For those in times of of joy and prosperity, we pray that you would guard uh, their hearts, uh, that they would always turn to you, uh, knowing that their uh, life and sustenance comes from you. Uh, So sanctify us completely. Hold us fast for the day of Christ. And we pray this in, in Jesus' name. Amen.